And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's Saturday night, which of course means it's time for me and Matt to come join you all again for another comic book podcast. We got news, we got reviews, we got jokes and shenanigans and chicanery, we got it all. We got it all, we got it all. We got it all. Uh, I just wanted to thank everyone before we started for uh, all the views and nice comments and thumbs up. We everything uh, that we've been getting on the Comic Multiverse highlights, mm. which is, of course, what we're doing on the YouTube channel now because we have to, not because we want to, but because YouTube forced our hand because they're burying uh, longer form content. And these highlights did about as good as the old show used to do. So that made me feel good. The, the good thing is there's a good spread as well between both of them. So they technically doing more a little bit and at a good time and also the way we do it that means we actually get the show up quicker to mm -hmm. all the patrons and to new subscribers like uh andre yam thank you everyone thank you yeah yeah so that makes me feel good that we're able to get all that up there quick as possible for you and it means we get to spread it out too i've started putting the show on the tiktoks and i might do youtube shorts and instagram but apparently every app wants you to work from your phone now for some reason oh yeah because always on the move always always looking I around guess. and everything yeah I guess. I mean, I, I got an old-ass phone, too. I got, like, an old-ass Samsung Galaxy. I don't even have the new one or everything. I, I'm one of those guys. I don't spend a lot of money on phones, and I don't spend a lot of money on shoes, which are those things that always surprise you with how expensive they actually are. I have the new, I have the new Samsung Galaxy uh, S22 Ultra. It's, it's long, isn't it? I've seen it. It's, like, it's, longer it's, than you think. I mean, it's it's not that long. I know I looked at it in the store, and I'm like, well, it's so much longer than this. Maybe only by a couple inches, but still, it feels long. Yeah, okay. How's, uh, how's the phone on, or how's the uh, camera on it? I know it's got, like, uh, yeah, it's got, like, all the little nodes on the side there and everything. Uh, it has five cameras on it. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> well, so they're, they're the lenses, so I've got, like, super super wide and, like, super uh, close, like, macros and everything, and yeah. I know that was the selling point where it's like, oh, it's got a great camera now and everything. Have mm -hmm. you seen the ones they have? The Samsungs, they're like flip phones now. Mm -hmm. They look like mm -hmm. a freaking DS. Yeah, yeah. They're huge as well. I love technology has come full circle now and that we can now officially <laughs> say flip phones are back in. Back, yeah, back to flip phones. Back to flip phones. When are pagers coming back? That's where it's really at. <laughs> Yeah, as someone in the chat says, what's spending a lot on shoes? I usually get them for 30 bucks at Costco. I used to be like that, Magmaster. Then I, no joke, found $100 in a bush one day and bought my first pair of Nikes. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm that's never going to happen again. That was a lightning striking one in a billion. So now I'm looking at the Jumpmans. Have you heard of the Jumpmans, I, Matt? I have, yeah. They are the Chinese knockoff Jordans. <laughs> They're like 60 bucks a piece and from far away you couldn't tell. So I'm thinking, man, you know, one of these days I might have to do a big old DH gate AliExpress, you know, uh, outfit buying spree there. Get $100, get a whole outfit, including some fake ass jump mans. <laughs> Just because, you know, because I'm worth it. Because I want people to at least think I spend more money on my shoes than I do. <laughs> Because I'm horribly vain. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, beyond all that, how was your week, man? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It, it went by quite quickly, actually. It uh, did, didn't it? I didn't realize, yeah, it was, you know, Sunday for me already. 
yeah, I couldn't believe it when I'm like, I got to do a show in a minute. Because, like, I had a big dinner. I got a big burrito, mm -hmm. and I ate most of it. And I'm like, all right, time to go to sleep now just on the couch <laughs> watching whatever. And I'm like, oh, crap, Matt needs me in an hour, so I better get on there ASAP. <laughs> Uh, but yes, everyone, we are a comic book show, believe it or not, and we do actually have some comic book news. Not mm -hmm. a lot of stories this week, but some stuff that I'm sure will lead to some good conversation. Mm, definitely. And uh, kicking things off, we got the brand new Ant-Man trailer this week. We did, and it went a little further into tell us, like, what the fuck's happening in the film. Yeah, I mean, we probably got more story in this than we normally get in you know your average marvel trailer here they basically lay out for you hey this is what scott lang's character journey is going to be for this movie yeah and it's uh a little bit darker than i thought it was going to be yeah more complex and a lot darker than the ant-man movies usually do it's funny in the past you know ant-man one ant-man and wasp they were kind of like these silly silver age blow-offs for like the bigger mm -hmm. avengers movies where it's like and here's an ant-man movie that's kind of more contained and you know you don't got to deal with thanos and stones and mm -hmm. the end of the world or anything this one basically says from the jump no this is going to be the most serious high stakes ant-man movie to date yeah well uh, pa peyton reed actually said that he said he, he he's sick of being the palate cleansers after like the big <laughs> avengers film he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna write that with this movie and it makes sense because this is it, it dawned on me the other day this is the first film we're getting where the big bad of the phases which is kang yeah. is actually going to appear and be a actual threat yeah. in a movie before he's a big one like thanos did appear in guardians of the galaxy but he was he sat down for all his scenes and did nothing I mean, that, that was the joke right that Thanos yeah. literally just sat in a chair yeah. for a couple of years yeah and they're they're fixing that by having kang actually be a villain in a movie before his big appearance yeah. in kang dynasty and for a lot of people i'm imagining this is the first time they're seeing mm -hmm. kang because i get the distinct feeling that a lot of the people who go see the movies don't actually watch the shows mm -hmm. or as well that some people are probably going to be confused and not realize that he is just a variant of the guy from Loki. Loki, they, yeah, they're not, they'll they're, think as oh, they've recast him or something. It's going to be the dark hold all over again, where people forget how the show actually ended because <laughs> it's been such a long time. But yeah, man, Jonathan Majors. I know I've said it before, but it bears repeating. What a fucking beast! Just even in the trailers, the gravitas. Mm he is giving to this role he is not phoning it in and the costume looks amazing the costume looks fan like straight out of the comics it looks wonderfully comic accurate and i love how they solve the problem of being like well he can't have blue skin all the time right now nah, man it's the helmet it's like a visor screen that when he puts it on it looks like he's blue yeah I i'm glad they actually put that in the trailer since i know obviously a lot of people are going to be complaining that oh why isn't he actually blue like we as comic fans know he's not actually yeah. a blue man yeah it's a mask yeah it's yeah. always been a mask <laughs> yeah but it's a great touch and it wasn't just kang we got in this our cup runneth over with villains we actually got our first very 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 brief uh glimpse of what modok is going to be we knew modok was going to be in it but this is the first time the trailers have actually said to the general public yeah modok's going to be here well and not only that a lot of people assumed because uh, I think it was like a Comic-Con trailer or some some trailer that was behind closed doors only showed MODOK in an armoured form. And mm. people thought, oh, they're not doing the big head. He's just going to be like armoured and everything. And it looks like they, they've got that form plus the more classic 
yep. giant he- floating head with little arms and everything. And I like that it's Corey Stoll again. That's very fun that they brought him back in another yeah. role. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. I like that a lot. I like when they allow actors to come back in a new well, roles well, and think, everything. I think he's still playing Darren Cross from... Oh, first, is he really? Yeah, I think the whole deal is is that when when he shrunk down in that first film, like, died, quote-unquote, he shrunk down to an atomic size uh, and is literally just, like, a head and small arms and legs. That, that makes sense. Also, man, talk about, you know, combining characters together. So Darren Cross is Darren Cross... And he's Yellow Jacket, and he's Modoc. Now he's actually three characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's really fun that he gets to be all these. And he was also weirdly kind of Ultron in that first one too, because he's the monster that Hank Pym yeah, invented. That's true. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> and, and they had like this weird, like you know, father son thing where it's like, you know, why didn't you love me, Dad? You know, I'm only this way because you know you're kind of a shitty person. And everything. I wonder. I wonder if they'll bring that back. Actually, their relationship. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, obviously, too, you know, we mentioned the character journey that uh, Scott Lang is going on, and they straight up say it in the trailer, you know, Scott Lang feels bad about all the time he lost with his daughter because of the blip and everything, and because, you know, when the whole universe got messed up and it's time, it's time you can't get back unless you're Kang the Conqueror and you are literally a master of time who is able <laughs> to bend it to your whim. Yeah, so the idea is that he he needs pim particles to power some machine that will allow him to travel not just through time but to any anywhere and any place in time right yeah very kang yeah so i imagine he's using that he's dangling that as like you could go back and spend time with your daughter and everything he's being the devil on his shoulder and i like Mm -hmm. that because you know scott's story is that of an ex-con who's trying to you know go on the straight and narrow and not re-offend and this basically mm-hmm. is kind of that moment of will you take the easy way out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like it i like it a lot captain kuhn helping us out in the chat modok looks stupid and i love it yes that's how yeah. it should always be yeah. he looks stupid I, just the way god intended. yeah i just love they just went for it and yeah he's just the giant head the floating head it's great He's a big, silly head. I wonder if uh, Stoll's going to do a voice, because whenever I think of Modoc, I always think of him talking like this. <laughs> they just get Patton Oswalt to voice him. <laughs> just get him back. Oh, God, yeah. Remember that Patton Oswalt show? <laughs> I watched a little of it. I like watched the first four episodes, and I'm like, this is all right, and then I never finished it. Well, I think it got cancelled anyway, so... It, it did, but I, like, watched the first four episodes and then never finished the whole thing. Ironically, I l- watched all of that Hitmonkey show. I thought the Hitmonkey show was actually better. <laughs> like, shockingly, where it actually mm-hmm. told, like, a pretty adult, pretty nuanced story about revenge and, you know, the circles of death and everything. Yeah, right. It was shockingly well done, and also, you know, fucking Ted Lasso was in it. No, that's, uh, yeah, Jason Sudeikis is great. Yeah, he was the guy and, like, again, was not phoning it in, was actually giving it 110. Nice. But what I really like about this Ant-Man trailer, it just warms my heart to see so many people who don't normally give a shit about Ant-Man and Scott Lang, who I think we can agree is always one of our favorite, you know, lower-tier Marvel characters. Mm -hmm. And it's great to see just regular Joe and Jane popcorn being like, wow, can't wait to see that Ant-Man. It's going to look great. I... I when I watched the trailer as well, I, I also felt like I did when I when I'd watched movies that were like like pre pre Endgame Marvel movies. Mm, they had that that yes. same feel. Whereas like I I liked a lot of the stuff that happened, like you know Thor: Love and Thunder, all those all mm, those same. movies. I liked them, but like there was something about this that feels like okay, we're going back to back to what what it was before Endgame sort of feel. <laughs> 
you're not the only one I've heard uh, echo that sentiment either. Mm. And again, much like, you know, like, yeah, I liked Love and Thunder. I liked Eternals. I liked all these weird experimental movies and all these weird experimental swings they're taking. But yeah, in many ways, it does feel like the message they're trying to send with Quantumania is that this is a return to form, mm -hmm. which I say finger quotes because I don't ever think they lost anything. I don't think mm. you lose something by experimenting. No, no, not at all. And I'm so happy those other things exist. And I'm happy that in this post-Endgame world, they can actually really hold up Ant-Man and be like, yeah, you know, one of the original Avengers, everyone. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. And I like that they're using him as well to kick off the Kang Dynasty. Because yeah. that, that, that's the tagline for the film, the the beginning yep. of a dynasty. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I this think that's our, pretty cool. Yeah, this is our new Infinity Quest or whatever, the Kang Dynasty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I still can't believe that Kang is the new hot shit now, because we had said that forever, where it's like, well, when they're done Thanos, where should they go next, and what villains should they do next? Yeah, fucking Kang, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, Kang's a good one, because, you know, he's an Avengers villain, and he is, you know, deeply tied to the Iron Man family of characters, and deeply tied to the Fantastic Four family of characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I guess at what point do we say, well, okay, who do they do after Kang? <laughs> Galactus or someone? You know what? Yeah, I guess by that point, the Fantastic Four will be in, and they can do Galactus, and they can do frickin' Apocalypse, and Doctor Doom, and all mm -hmm. these other characters will be open now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing who they who they will do after Kang, because, like, yeah, where, where do you go? You got Thanos, you got, you got Kang. I guess maybe they could redo Ultron. Yeah, again, Ultron could very much be, be a phase-centric villain. You know, do him and do the Annihilation Wave. Ooh, yeah, make him like a cosmic villain instead of just like normal Earth Avengers, yeah. Yeah, yeah be like, when I died, I uploaded my brain to a passing spaceship, and it brought <laughs> me into the friggin' cancer zone or whatever, and now <laughs> I, me and the Annihilation Wave are coming to kick your ass. Actually, no, because here's the thing, they did bring Ultron back, they brought him back for the cruise show. Yeah, they did, and Ant-Man fought him in that. <laughs> and Ant-Man, which that, like... There's a fan. I'm like, I want to see that though, but I don't want to have to pay to go on the Disney Wish because <laughs> Ultron is so deeply tied to Pym and the Ant Man family. Ultron always should have been one of those villains. Uh, that, uh, that, maybe, maybe they can do like a, a, a movie adaptation of that. Just, just because they it technically had like a whole Avengers team. They had like Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, I Sam know. Wilson's Captain America. And... I want to see that. Well, you know, here's the thing. Either, you know, I'll save the money and go on the cruise, or if they do this like they do medieval times where they'll, like, change the story every couple years and they'll write a new one so people have a reason to come back, just put that one on the app, guys. You can put that one on the app. You have an app. <laughs> just put the cruise show on the app. If I can watch Disney parades on your app, then let me watch the goddamn Ultra <laughs> Ant-Man dinner theater experience. Yeah, is the, is the cruise canon to Quantum Mania? <laughs> oh, exactly, because if it is, then I have to see it and I can write it off as work. <laughs> just, just say it is someone so I can write it off as work. <laughs> Man, that Disney Wish cruise ship looks so fucking sick. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. It looks pretty cool. Looks so goddamn sick. They have a Captain Hook pirate-themed barber shop where if you're older than 18, they'll give you a shot of booze with your haircut. <laughs> That's all I want, to be on the sea and have a haircut and have a shot of booze. And yes, I don't drink, but I want to do it anyway, just to say <laughs> I did. There's also, like, barbecue. You can get barbecue 24 hours a day while nice, at sea. Nice, nice. 
I, uh, I, they say it's unlimited, but I would, I would make sure to stretch, you know, the, you would test uh, those limits. Yeah. I would test those limits. It would be like that episode of Simpsons where it's like, now my good sir, your honor, this man did not have all he could eat. <laughs> he saw that as an open challenge and that's your fault. <laughs> we'll have to put up a sign that says all you can eat within reason. Thanks a lot, Joel. He knows who <laughs> <it> is. <laughs> But yeah, so there's your Ant-Man news, everyone. Uh, looks great. Very excited for this one. And everyone seems to be excited for this one. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. I think also, uh, isn't Jeff Loveness writing this movie? Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. Beloved comic writer, Jeff Loveness, who also, of course, is one of the many talented writers who they poached not from comics, but from the Rick and Morty writer's room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, uh, depending on certain news that broke this week, it looks like the Rick and Morty's writer room writers are going to be available to write all your Marvel movies now. Because uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the man who has voiced Rick, both Rick and Morty got himself into some, oh, geez, Rick, hot water this week, boy. Oh, I tell you, they're really giving it to him. God, could you imagine Justin Roiland in jail? <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. Hey, you, are you coming at me in the shower, you, Mr. Prisoner Guy, Mr. Bad Prisoner Guy, you coming at me in the shower, you? <laughs> and the prisoner's like, is, is that funny? Is, is, is that good? I, I can't tell when you're joking. I haven't been in the real world in like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, do, do you have like a, a a mental deficiency or something? <laughs> like, are you like, yeah, Should you be in this prison and Yeah, should you be in else? this wing? Oh, no, wait, this is America. We lock up the mentally ill all the time. <laughs> Yeah, some guy being like, look, we don't get Adult Swim here, man. That's, uh, that's a premium cable channel, so none of this is going to work on us. Don't, don't you know me? I'm the plumbus guy. I'm the plumbus guy, he says, <laughs> as they drag him away. I'm Mr. Bulldog. We don't, we don't get any of these references, Yeah, sir. we don't know what the hell you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that might help you on the outside, but it ain't helping you here. <laughs> Uh, you know, can I just say for the record, I always knew it was Royland who was going to fuck it up for Rick and Morty. Like 100%, I always knew it was going to be him. I, yeah, I, 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 I was actually thinking about this not too long ago. I'm like, something about that guy. I don't know. He always had like a darkness in him. You could see it in his eyes where it's like, oh, people let you away with a lot of stuff because they think you're like a chaotic comic genius. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, you're just chaotic. Yeah, you're just an asshole. <laughs> You're just kind of an asshole. And I know a lot of people, it was like a toss-up where it's like, oh, is it going to be Justin Roiland who ruins it for everyone? Or is it going to be Dan Harmon who ruins it for everyone? Because there's a guy who famously also fights with networks and fights with Chevy Chase and fights with his own wife and his own documentary and everything and had to apologize for being a little creepy in the writer's room and everything, which, hey – don't get me wrong, was a great apology, and I think people actually did think, oh yeah, he may means it, and he is actually on the straight and narrow, and he did seem to actively want to change and want to, you know, uh, better himself, which is why mm -hmm. he's not on social media anymore, and is also why I think we stopped seeing Harmon and Roiland hang out, if we're yeah. going to be honest. Yeah. There, th there was a point there, like, when he was developing Solar Opposites, it's like, do uh, does Harmon and Roiland, do they not get along anymore? Are they not friends? And honestly, I think, yeah, I, I think they weren't. I think Harmon's like, no, you're a bad dude, and you're enabling me, and I shouldn't hang out with you anymore. Yeah, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, even though you're my co-creator, because I don't know if you watch, like, those Rick and Morty uh, behind-the-scenes things that they air on Adult Swim. I've seen Swim some, after. yeah. They air them after new episodes, and, like, for the first couple seasons, Roiland was right there talking with Harmon. Then they're separate. 
and then he's not there anymore. And I'm like, ooh, that's never a good sign when you're literally half the show and they don't want you doing the behind the scenes. Mm, mm. I I truly think for the last little bit, their relationship was he just showed up and read the lines and that was it. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, a voice actor. Yeah, that he just read the lines and that was it. And man, you know, a, a lot of people have pulled that trick he pulled where it's like, look, you know, I'm an animator. I'm working on a show. I'm a writer. How do I make myself indispensable? Oh, I'll just voice half the cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, Seth MacFarlane, he was the one who made that famous by voicing yep. like 80% of the people yep. on his shit. <laughs> <laughs> Even for something like Family Guy and American Dad, from which I understand he also does not really write those anymore. He just shows up and does the voices. <laughs> Too, too busy doing the Orville, which is great, by the way. It is great, yeah. It is. That last season was really strong. If that ends up being the last season, it ended on a good note. It will be, yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, Ant-Man. <laughs> Ant-Man, yeah. <laughs> A- Ant-Man's good. A- A- Ant-Man has no domestic abuse charges. Well, okay, one of them might, but... <laughs> but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> they they settled that themselves. That, that never went to court. <laughs> Uh, I guess with that, we can move on to our next story, which is thankfully a lot less depressing than all of that. It is, yeah. Uh, James Gunn, who is just out there doing the Lord's work as his new head of the DC film creative department there, by debunking the rumor that Jacob Elordi, Elordi, they thought he was going to be Superman. Everyone and their mother on the internet assumed this guy was going to be Superman, and the rumor grew out of control until uh, Gunn came in and dealt with it. And man, isn't it great to have someone in power who doesn't let these big, crazy DC rumors grow out of control? I Yeah, I, I, I've loved seeing just, like, scoopers and, like, people who, like, thrive on just making shit up. And like, do you go to my Patreon to see the the latest scoop and all that? Mm-hmm. Just like completely lose all credibility just from him just saying, "Yeah, that's bullshit." Yeah, Fuck you're off. wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. What do you know? What are you talking about? Shut yeah. the hell up. It's so beautiful because I mean that's been a real problem with the DC films in general. They let stupid rumors be taken as fact for so long, mm-hmm. and then they get disappointed and pissy when those things turn yep. out to not be true. Yeah, they 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 start uh like believing it's going to be true, and anything other than that is just complete bullshit and crappy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if it's not that, then yeah, it's it's disappointing. Like, we saw this just recently when everyone was so certain that Henry Cavill was going to be at Comic-Con, when everyone was so certain, and then it turned out to not be true, and then they were all pissed off. (laughs) When it's like, it was your rumor, you started it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be too upset by it. But yeah, man, freaking James the Gun Gun living up to his name by shooting down all these fucking scoopers. (laughs) It's great. It's so good. It's beautiful. Oh, man, here's the thing. But who was that last scooper he told uh, on who was being really dumb? What, what was the stupid rumor he was trying to stop? And it got retweeted like a hundred times. Gun being like, no, I'm the, I'm the director. You know, I'm like the head of this. Of course, I know. What to who, who was that guy? What, what was he saying? Uh, I can't remember. I, I know he fucking hates. Uh, what's her name? Grace Randolph, because she just they, she continues to try and tell him how his movies are made and how and what's in his scripts that only he knows about. And <laughs> right, it, it it all bleeds together. But uh, hey, funny addendum to that guy. Uh, yeah, it turns out he follows me actually. Oh really? As I found out later, and I liked the gun tweet when Gun was making fun of him. <laughs> Good. And I'm like. <laughs> 
And I'm like, oh, and he's still following me even after that? Right on. <laughs> Good. Fuck scoopers. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm just more likable than that. But yeah, this this guy, I had to look up who this Jacob guy was. Because again, you know, I, I watch a lot of TV after the fact. I never heard of his name. No. I guess I guess he's one of those guys in Euphoria, which is one of those shows okay. that I say I'm going to start soon. Uh, yeah, you, I keep seeing people say, like, that's a good show. But everything yeah. I see about it, I'm like, ah, this is definitely not for, like, my age bracket. <laughs> Again, it's like, you know, it's the super, you know, stylish, sexed up, you know, show for kids and everything. Yeah, and by like, kids, yeah I'm I mean, too like old teenagers. for this. <laughs> I, again, you know, we're guys in our 30s, but like I'm a guy in my 30s who's very much like, no, I'm still cool. I'm still cool. I'm still dead <laughs> with the kids. I still know what's hip. <laughs> I can watch the Euphoria or at least give it a try. I guess he was in those three Kissing Booth movies. Uh, Deep Water that's coming out later this year. Oh, he was in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Oh, oh really? And he's from, uh, yeah, and he's from Australia. Oh, okay. Oh, that'll be why I haven't heard of him. Yeah, he's from Brisbane. Oh, that's where I live. There you go. Gotta, gotta cut him down. You know, these uh, damn Brisbans think they're too good for their hometown, trying to be Superman. <laughs> tall, tall poppy motherfucker. <laughs> Let's cut him down. But yeah, so that that was the rumor for this kid. And yeah, I mean, I guess he, he's got a good jawline for it. I can understand why, you know, they think in pictures that he might be right. I haven't seen any of his acting, so I can't really, you know, confirm one way or another. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess a better question is, you know, because we're getting to that time now where James Gunn has fully admitted that he's writing on it. He's writing a new script and we will be getting a new Superman mm -hmm. soon. Who who would we like to see as new Superman? Complete unknown. Yeah, you think that's the way we need to go? We need yeah. to go complete unknown with no baggage? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Cavill kind of was an unknown. He was in maybe like one or two movies before that. Yeah, yeah. You think uh, I think we need to like go unconventional? It's like, you know, who's uh, who, who's big on Broadway right now? You know, who's in the stage mm. currently that no one knows? Mm. No, I, I, I don't know any Broadway people. No, neither do I. You know, who's, uh, I mean, if the Marvel thing is any indication, maybe they'll cast someone from Canadian television, because if you've been <laughs> on Canadian television in the last five years, you've been earmarked to play superheroes. That's true, that's true. I'm looking here right now on one of the bigger websites uh, when they're talking about fan casting. Ironically, Matt Bomber is still very much at the top. He's like, he'd be like pushing mid-40s at the moment. Yeah, and I get the feeling if we're doing another Superman, we gotta cast young. Oh yeah, well they. I think Gunn's already said it's going to be younger, uh, Superman, just so like they can have them for as long as they can. Yeah. Someone else saying Jack Whitehall. Eh, I don't hate it. Isn't he a comedian? Uh, I don't know. Is he? I've I've heard of the name. I don't know what he does. But yeah, I mean Superman can be a little funny. And again, it's Gunn who, you know, does a lot of unconventional casting. He mm. cast Chris Pratt when he was mostly only known for comedy and waited for him mm. to get, you know, slimmed up for the role. That's true. That's true. Again, you know, if you can make someone laugh, you know, maybe maybe you can save people, you know? <laughs> uh, this must be a really old list, too, because I'm also seeing frickin' uh, Tyler Hoechlin on here, too. Yeah, he's already Superman. I'm like, yeah, hey, he's already Superman. You, you can't sneak in here, Tyler. You can't be Superman twice. <laughs> I mean, if I had my way, you could. Uh, some fun colorblind cast here. Someone also said Jonathan Majors on this list, and I'm like, I think he's a little busy, but I he, agree. He's a little he busy, but yeah, he. I think he'd be pretty good. Yeah, he can be both. Why not? As someone's got John Krasinski on here. I mean, I guess he ain't gonna be Mr. Fantastic. 
Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson is too many things. Yeah, and he might be James Bond next. <laughs> exactly. That's the hot rumor now that he might be James Bond. And you know what? I, I just saw him in Bullet Train the other week, and I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I don't hate it. He, he wears a suit. He wear good suit. <laughs> and also, too, I don't think it matters who you cast in the next James Bond movie. Just, you know, make him fun. Don't make five movies and have only two of them be good. Yeah, don't make him serious. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't make them so serious and don't make them so up their own ass. <laughs> That's annoying. Someone said Nicholas Holt. Mm. Yeah. In, yeah. In the right light. In the right light. <laughs> in the right light. <laughs> in, in the right light. Again, he kind of breaks what you're saying about going unknown, and I think you're absolutely right. I think we should go unknown. I, I, whoever is going to be cast is not going to be good enough for some people. So yeah. No, of course. And, you know, usually, but then again, you know, that's always been the case for these casting. Everyone's hated who was cast as Batman until they saw him. Mm-hmm. yeah that yes very true so at least if they cast an unknown as we said there's less baggage about it mm-hmm. but yeah i hope they get someone good i hope they get someone who you know embodies the spirit of superman that we've all wanted to see well yeah again it's going to be written by james gunn so automatically it's going to be really good yeah which is funny because you know so many of james gunn's things have all been about you know anti-heroes usually you know people with problems and everything and you know great darknesses in them so it will be interesting to see his take on like just a good pure moral upstanding guy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see what he brings to it and again as we've seen in all this other stuff humor and humanity and if he can bring humor and humanity to some very inhuman characters then yeah, imagine what he can do for a guy where like that's the whole deal. Yeah, it, that's what I, that's really excited me about that because he does he does those those great uh, sort of like wholesome, uh, fun moments really well in all his things. I mean, yeah, I mean if he can find the inner good guy and hero in Bloodsport and Peacemaker, Peacemaker and all these other people, characters. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if anything, you know, there is, like, a beautiful Superman idea attached to all of his movies, and that is there is a hero inside us, you just need to be able to bring it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that people can ultimately surprise you, and that a lot of people deep down are good. Yeah. Uh, As the chat's saying, too, hey, what about that uh, Black Superman movie with Ta-Nehisi Coates? Is that still happening? I don't know. We haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, I I don't think it is. I mean, I hope it is, because I, I, like I said, I have been writing a History of Black Superman video for a while, and I'll still probably release it one way or another, but I'd sure like it to coincide with a movie. It would I mean, be pretty if, good, yeah. I, I mean, if the if the Batverse can be a thing, if, you know, the Robert Pattinson Batmanverse, which by the sounds of it might very well still just be in its own little side universe, I don't mm-hmm. see why we couldn't have one with superman but i mean i guess maybe turn in one good superman movie that everyone likes first before you start experimenting exactly yeah you make sure it's like a, a proven uh franchise i guess yeah because i mean anything ton hossie codes does with a black superman i think is obviously going to be different enough and like you know eye-catching enough for people to be like all right let's take a look at this and hey we got val zod there coming back in uh mm-hmm. what is it in the superman book currently yep and you have to wonder, you know, are they doing that just because Joshua Williamson really wants to do something with the character? Or, you know, is it because they are planning for a certain level of synergy? I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Either yeah. way, it's a great time to be a Superman fan. Nothing but potential from the movies. Got a lot yes. of really excellent books going on right now. And maybe even some more interesting, more experimental movies as well. Yes, it's about bloody time. 
Yeah, I guess in the comments section too, tell us who who do you think Superman should be? What are what are some names? Mm -hmm. What are some real outside the box things? You know, people from like different disciplines, or you know, here's some people from like we said from like Broadway or from like comedy movies or shit. Yeah, I I can't really think of like anyone that like immediately stands out to me. Which again, I get I, I guess is good because that like that's also so, sort of the point of Superman as well. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. We, but yeah, I can't think of any actor that really stands out that hasn't already been fan cast to death. It's true, and you know, and maybe we're doing it backwards too, Matt. You know, we keep thinking about like who would be a good Superman when really what we should be thinking is who would be a good Clark Kent. Is mm, the thing exactly because it's you know it's you will believe a man can fly. Maybe the problem with the whole Man of Steel cycle is they spent too much time focusing on the Superman character and the mm -hmm. Superman aspect of it. We didn't get to spend enough time with Clark and like mm -hmm. really in any good Superman story, it should be 50 50. And like, we should know and understand Clark as a person as to help us better understand exactly. Superman as a hero. Exactly. That was the thing missing from Superman for so long that they just completely ditched the Clark Kent persona more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who, who's a good nebbishy journalist guy, you know, who's like an actor like that, who we can just get to work out super hard. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need to find, like, you know, some friggin', you know, small nebbishy guy, and we'll just, you know, get him to work out really hard and have him yeah, be Superman. We'll put him through the Kumnao Nanjiani, like, pi uh, like swole exactly. pipeline, yeah. Exactly, yeah, get him on that Kumail Nanjiani uh, friggin' workout plan, which, goddamn, have you seen him? <laughs> that that dude is just like us, Matt. He started doing a podcast <laughs> in stand-up comedy. He's just like us. <laughs> And all it took was just work out like it's his job. Yeah, yeah. And I love he even said that, like, in interviews and stuff, where it's like, look, guys, this is absolutely an unattainable body shape, I assure you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I worked out like it was my job because, like, a major studio paid me a shit ton of money for it. I also promise I'll be fun and interesting again when this is all done. <laughs> and I'm like, I love you, Kumail. Thank you. <laughs> you you keep doing you, man. <laughs> Uh, so moving on from the world of Superman to the world of Star Wars, Darth Vader is actually getting his own black, white, and red anthology. Of course, you'll know them from Wolverine and Carnage and all these other characters who got red, white, and whatever, you know, the anthologies where they only use so many colors. But yeah, now they're expanding to Star Wars characters. Now Vader's getting one. Yeah, Vader, of all characters who's never, ever had a comic book before oh. this one, besides, you know, the six or so ones that he's always <laughs> he's seriously since disney have taken over he's had so many fucking books I it's know. not it's, it's not funny it's been a vader explosion but you know it's it, it's only because you know he's such a small niche character man you yeah know, they really want to never, shine never been spotlight. seen before yeah yeah yeah, the, 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 you know, why did we buy this franchise if not just you know really showcase you know the the little guy yeah exactly to really build around them but no i, I love the idea that they're extending this to the star wars characters because the red white and whatever you know anthology series is cool mm -hmm. to get a bunch of different writers and a bunch of different artists to put their own unique spin on shit yeah i kind of just feel it shouldn't have been a darth vader book it should have just been a sith book mm. where you can have all different types like darth vader kylo ren emperor darth maul because they all have red lightsabers if nothing else exactly and they're all dressed in black yeah exactly so that's half the colors right there exactly Look, I'm just saying you got to do red, white, and green so you can do Boba Fett. <laughs> That's what it needs to be. I don't think they've done a red, white, and green yet. 
Green Arrow should have been the first one on that. He should be red, white, and green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there you go, Matt. So you got another Star Wars book to cover at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I'll pick it up. It sounds pretty good. Jason Aaron's coming back for some books. Hey. Uh, uh, Torin Gronbeck, the, uh, the woman who's currently writing Thor, is, is doing her first Star Wars story. And all the art is going to be done by, uh, I believe, Peach Momako. Oh, killer. Yeah, he's, he's got a very distinct style. Very. I looked at the cover and I'm like, ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our final piece of news here also regards comics, and it also regards a big-time comic writer coming back to a character that he helped make famous. Uh, Dan Abnett is going to be giving us a Groot miniseries, a Groot origin series, simply called Groot, all one word. And this is actually coming out before Groot Fall, which is very, very interesting and also you know strengthens the idea that they're probably going to kill Groot off in Guardians 3 because he's not in the new Guardians book now and he's getting an origin story mm. special just to himself yeah is this origin story going to be tied into that new guardians book they haven't said directly but i can only assume it will because it's coming out so close that's true yeah i could uh, yeah it's probably like a uh like a prelude sort of tie-in yeah. issue yeah it's uh it's abnett writing it and the cover shows little baby groot mm. hanging out with captain marvell in his old kree outfit yeah which means I'm sure it's also going to be a little walking tour of the Marvel comic landscape as well, too. Yeah, I wonder if, if though, I mean, they probably will uh, retcon that stuff that had, like, Groot with, like, the Gardener and the Gardener oh, kind yeah, of knowing about, like, you know, Planet X and all that sort of stuff. And uh, But again, like, it's Dan Abnett writing, so I'm not, I'm not, uh, not complaining. It's done some good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much Abnett, Abnett draws from the stuff he wrote and he yeah. created. And like you said, bringing in some of the new stuff and, you know, setting the stage for whatever Groot Fall might be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, hey, that's cool. People people love Groot. Groot sells. Mm -hmm. And I love that Groot sells. I love that little guy. Yeah, he's good. Also, too, I guess his book would need to be a team-up book with other people because mostly he can just say his name. Yeah, well, again, probably relying heavily on the artist. Yeah, and, but hey, it's also an origin story, so I wonder how far back are they going to go? Because sometimes Groot could talk in his original mm -hmm. appearance. He could, yeah. It's it, what was the thing? His uh, his vocal cords like hardened or something, didn't they? Yeah, that that came later. The he, him only saying "I am Groot" uh, was like a later addition. Mm, yeah. And sometimes they do dust that off every so often, where it's like, oh, yeah. sometimes Groot can talk. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go, everyone. That's your news for the week. Some interesting stuff coming down the pipeline, I would say. Yeah, some pretty good stuff. Yeah, some stuff to be very happy about. Uh, anything else I missed, Matt? Anything else we uh, should cover before we hop into books from this week? I didn't read a lot from this week. I think I read like three books. I don't think there was even a lot this week. No, it was a very light week. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very, very light week. Uh, where would we like to begin? I got Spider-Man. I got two Spider-Mans. I got the Peter Spider-Man. I got the Miles Spider-Man. Uh, oh, I guess I had Lazarus Plan. Lazarus Plan mm -hmm. was this week. Let's start with that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to start with that anyway. Yeah, we got Lazarus Planet Alpha. We're back into the, the next big event at DC. In, in the Waitiverse. <laughs> in the Waitiverse, yes. It, it really is the Waitiverse. This really is like the grand culmination of everything Mark Wade has been writing for yeah. a little bit. It is, yeah. 
which, oh man, I learned an amazing fact about Mark Wade's time at DC. I cannot tell you here because it was told to me in confidence, but once I tell you, you're going to be like, no fucking way. Okay, you have to tell me after the show. I will tell you off, Mike, remember this. But yeah, I, I really like Lazarus' plan, and I'm thinking Wade is just going from strength to strength at DC recently. He's just, he's making it look fucking easy, honestly. He really is, isn't he? <laughs> It's just so seamless where it's like, oh, you know, Wade's coming back to D.C. It's been a while, you know. Is he is he rusty? Is he going to be able to, you know, get in there with the newer, younger talent? Is he going to be able to acclimate himself to what's going on in the universe? And the answer is, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. He's firing on all cylinders. We got this story, which is a continuation of what was happening in Batman versus Robin, which is what I was really enjoying. Batman and Damien finally reconciled after what feels like a fucking eternity. <laughs> it really is isn't it because i had to catch up on uh batman versus robin issues uh three and four to mm. to do this and yeah i'm like oh wow finally like they like they're like okay now <laughs> it's and it's not wade's fault writers no, like, no. You know, kept, like writers kept them apart for years for basically yeah. no reason oh because tom king wanted it to happen because yeah reasons yeah because because of the Bane thing, and then, like, he spun off into that shitty, darker, grittier Titans book, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. he had his own Joshua Williamson book that was good, and you're like, oh, they're gonna reunite at the end of this, right? No, Shadow War is happening, so we have to break them up oh, again. Shadow War, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? That was definitely one of my least favorite that year, but, uh, yeah, they are finally back together, and, man, Damien really takes point on this one, because Batman is hurt in his fight with Devil Neza. Mm -hmm. The Justice League doesn't really exist anymore because of Dark Crisis. Yep, yep, yeah, they, they, they make a point in saying that, yes, Dark Crisis is affecting all of this, and why we yeah. have uh, such a kind of cool, unique, eclectic group of characters that are around. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Wonder all those people, yeah. It's, it's literally everyone who had their phone on at that time. Yeah, yeah. So we got Blue Beetle, and we got Blue Devil. We got Supergirl and Power Girl mm. in the same story, which did my head in. I'm like, when was the last time this happened? Yeah, a long time ago. It's amazing, and I, I know I'm going to make a mistake at some point. I'm going to call Kara Karen and Karen Kara at some point. Yeah, or one of them Linda, yeah. Or something like that. Also, is... Is Power Girl Karen Star? I don't think they ever openly answered that question because it's like she was a holdover from the old New 52 Earth 2, but then Infinite Frontier happened and she showed up again with the old Infinity Inc. And they certainly made it seem like she was that version and not the one that was like stuck in a hole. I believe she is Karen just because they do call her that in... Uh... The Jeff Johns. The, yeah, the Golden Age. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, the but, same one. But but we also wonder, like, is that connected? Because that one's also like a time traveling mm -hmm. universe mm -hmm. jumping. I keep waiting for Johns to pull the rug and be like, "Ha, ah, this isn't even the Earth Two you thought it was." <laughs> but yeah, until we're told otherwise, that's Karen and that's Kara, because they're not going to have two fucking Karas. No, no. But still, it's super fun. You know, Damien, he's, you know, he's putting them on all their different missions. Like, you got to go to the Tower of Fate and you got to go to the Himalayas. Yeah, because uh, at the end of uh, Batman vs. Robin issue 4, the Lazarus uh, Island exploded and sent fucking Lazarus resin in the atmosphere and it's causing mega storms and mm -hmm. fucking not just with magic, but also technology. And as Love well as that. like Kryptonians where it's, it's inverting everything. So like sunlight now takes away their Hurts. powers. 
Yeah. That's so clever. I never would have thought of that. And that's so genius where it's like, how do you throw a wrench into all of our heroes where it's like, okay, uh, fuck up magic and uh, fuck up technology to where, you know, like storms do mess with technology in real life. It does that. And it also messes with magic. So everyone's at a loss now. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Blue Beetle and Cyborg, because they're like, yeah, we're made of technology. Alien technology, yeah. We're made of alien technology. That's technically different. Ours yeah. works fine. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I like it when Vic and Jaime get to do things and feel important. The, I like that Wade treated this as sort of like their first team-up, which it kind of is. Yeah. So, so they were like, like, oh, yeah, you got alien tech. Oh, yeah, from Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, I've got, like, reach technology. It's Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, we should hang out more. We're actually kind of similar in a lot of ways, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they should team us up and maybe we can have a book that will last more than five issues. There, the, There is a new Blue Beetle book out now. I think it's, like, two issues deep and I didn't read it. I think it's a mini, yeah. <laughs> is it? Which, again, hey, you can't blame me, DC, because as you have told me time and time again, don't get too attached to Blue Beetle because yeah. you're just going to fucking cancel it anyway. Yeah, yeah. The minute it starts getting interesting, you're going to start canceling it. <laughs> Also, I'm still one of those people where it's like, look, I, do I really want a new Blue Beetle book or do I just want you to finish the Giffen story that I liked? <laughs> That's what I think it really is. Is like a lot of people are Blue Beetle fans because, you know, Jaime is a good character and he's fun and they see a lot of themselves in. But a lot of other people, too, are like, look, I just want closure on the Giffen story before we do something else. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're just never going to do that. Sorry. Yeah, no, fuck you. <laughs> Yes, sorry we killed that book in its infancy that we could have had, like, Miles Morales, our own Miles Morales, like, a decade before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, yeah, it's a fun story. Uh, King Firebull is now the villain, Devil Neza's son, which is really surprising because King Firebull actually came and helped them at the end of Batman versus Robin, but now they're like, nah, he's the villain now, actually, guys. The, yeah, this is where I didn't particularly like the book just because of, like, it's just... So it's just like a late swerve in the story. It's it like is. you're building up Devil Nezzer as like this huge, huge threat. You, we, we do we do get like Wade peppering throughout the story that like Nezzer is setting up to like defend against something, which I thought might have been yeah. Great Darkness because it was really hinted at maybe same, being yeah. the Great Darkness. Um, it happened at the same time. Yeah, and um, but then yeah, there it's just it's oh it's his son and he he really hates his son because his son's like a really powerful like demon mage as well and now he's the big bad guy which is just like only came in that last issue of batman yeah. versus robin yeah and and nez's whole family has a bad history of you know fathers killing sons mm -hmm. and vice versa because they're trying to make them this weird fractured cracked mirror to the bat family and mm -hmm. batman's own relationship with his kids as as far as as like the weird late minute edition uh when i tell you the wade thing later it will all make way more sense to you let me put it that way yeah okay okay yeah it's because it's it's not a, not a terrible late edition but no, like, it it, uh, he probably should have done a little bit more building up of like who this person was yeah and as the chat said it also connects to what's going on in the yes. monkey prince right now there's which a backup in this issue that sort of yes. details monkey uh marcus teaming up with uh neza when he was like technically like a human superhero sort of person yeah oh was that uh monkey prince or was that his dad the monkey king I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Monkey Prince. I can't. I can't oh. remember. I've got to go back and reread it. Well, well. Either way, I love that Gene Lu and Yang got to write that. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, it makes me think like, goddamn, why aren't I reading Monkey Prince? This kind of slaps. <laughs> well, it's tying into it. Next issue, you're gonna have to read it. So yeah. Yeah. What a what what a great little love letter for Monkey Prince. There was like, hey, here's this cool book you should totally read about, and that we're totally picking over for cool stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, Kali Frederick helping us out with five bucks. Been a while, but which else worlds would you guys say is better? Batman Beyond the White Knight or Dark Knights of Steel? I love the character dynamics. I mean, both are great at what they do. It's kind of apples and oranges. I like Dark Knights of Steel thanks to the utilization of all of, like, not just the Bat family. Is utilizing right. all the characters of the DC universe in, in really fun and interesting ways, like the Martian Manhunter and everything. This is true. This is right. I, of course, really like Beyond the White Knight for mm -hmm. what it does. It really just building Batman as a fallible man who is yeah. also willing to change and mature. He probably undergoes more actual mm -hmm. character change and development in this story than I think he does in any other else worlds. And honestly, because of that, I don't know where the story is going. I don't know if he's going to die, if he's going to retire or what he's going to do, but like he's actually yeah. willing to make choices and do things that Batman never usually does. Yeah. And I like his relationship with Joker. It feels a lot different from what a lot of writers do in which they're like, ah, they're two sides of the same coin. They, they uh, love each other. They need each other to survive. And whereas here they, they, they play, he, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy plays around with that and makes it kind of like an interesting dynamic. Uh, Ninja consultant six shot in the chat says, Hey, spoiler alert. But the, in the last issue of monkey Prince, it's revealed that, uh, the guy's grandfather on his adopted mother's side is actually the ultra humanite. Holy shit. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Monkeys, man. Monkeys. <laughs> Goddamn that's, monkeys, man. <laughs> that's fucking dope. Actually. Gene Lu and Yang, you're cool. <laughs> also, Hey, can we get all the monkeys in the monkey Prince book? Where does Harambe fit into it? Oh, well, you know, if you look at the family tree, it's there. Then you got uh, Titano, and you got Beppo, and you got all of them I'd love there. for them to bring Titano back. Titano never oh, gets enough yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, he's a giant goddamn ape with, like, fucking kryptonite eyes and shit. It's amazing. Yeah, Superman sometimes fights him when, like, an artist or writer remembers he exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, to total love letter to King Kong at the time. We had two King Kong movies there, or we had mm. one King Kong movie, and they never uh, freaking brought Titano back in the books. What a mistake. Yeah. If I was in the Superman office, they'd have to tie me down and stop me from bringing back the giant monkey. <laughs> no, stop him. He's writing it. No, you're not going to stop me. <laughs> Just in big letters, Superman versus monk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but Lazarus Planet is pretty cool. And also, they uh, bring back a lot of other magical characters, too, because Mary Marvel, who is also getting a lot to do at the moment. Yeah, well, she's Shazam. Yeah, she's Shazam now, and she uses that power to, I guess, free all the other magical heroes who were trapped in the Helmet of Fate. So you got, like, Ragman, and you got, uh, like, a bunch of characters. Yeah, Phantom Stranger, Constantine, all these people. Yeah, who you're happy to see them, but then it's like, dude, if magic is fucked up, how helpful can you guys be? <laughs> also, Batman might be becoming a monster. Well, he, he does become a monster. He becomes the newest McFarlane toy to be released toy, later yeah. on this year. They're gonna fucking do that. They're gonna. They're gonna. They. Oh, I, yeah. I follow McFarlane toys on Twitter, and all of their like DC toys are like literally just Batman variants. They have they the odd well... like Jay Garrick or Superboy, but uh, it's just all just Batman. They literally might as well have had like a little uh, signpost under there, being like "Hot Toy Coming Soon." Yeah, summer remember the little asterisk, like edit a note, like remember to buy this toy in twenty twenty three holiday. Yeah, that that was the one part of the book where I'm like, "Oh, come on, really?" Where it's like, you know, that's what we need. We need another evil Batman variant. Is what we really need for this story. <laughs> I mean, yes, they give a good reason because it's like Batman was dying, and the only way to save him was to harness a little Lazarus resin off Devil Neza, which means, you know, a little devil got in him. Yep, yep. 
Don't, don't you hate it when that happens, Matt, when you get a little devil in you? Yeah, that sucks. You can never get it out. You can try baking soda. You can try red wine. Nothing gets the devil out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're down with the devil. And what are you going to do when you're down with the devil but bang your head? And play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, listen to heavy metal music. <laughs> and read the comic books, which are also a path to Satan, apparently. <laughs> Basically, everything cool is a path to Satan, is all we're saying. <laughs> That's why I gotta get down with the devil, bang. That's what Batman needs to do to get it out. He just needs to bang his head really hard and get it out. <laughs> oh, I feel so much better now that I got that. I, I used to hate rock music because I thought it was the sound of the beast, but, you know, now I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's his development for this story. Batman gets okay with heavy metal music. Yeah, yeah, he, he has it in Gotham now, yeah. Yeah, before I put a ban on it, but now it's okay. And, and you can dance, too, I guess. That was also illegal. <laughs> I've also been beating up people for dancing. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop now. Uh, but yeah, that was Lazarus Planet. Lazarus Planet was cool. I'm super excited to take this ride, but I also understand everyone who is understandably pretty fucking burnt out on events and to have this one come out so goddamn quick after Dark Crisis. Something tells me they didn't mean for it to. No, I don't think they did either, because Dark Crisis was a summer event that just dragged on long into the winter. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they meant it to happen like that. No, because, yeah, it really just comes in. And also, despite calling this Lazarus Planet Alpha, you sure as fuck have better read Batman Superman by Mark Wade and mm -hmm. Batman versus Robin, because if not, yeah. you will have no goddamn idea who any of these people are. Yeah, well, this literally just follows after the events of Batman versus Robin minutes minutes later yeah with no warning no yeah things things like this are like oh geez and you know the comic companies wonder why people have such a hard time getting into their books because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you literally didn't tell anyone if you weren't <laughs> plugged in and didn't know no no not at all then you would literally be lost imagine the poor schmuck who picks this up being like oh lazarus planet that sounds like a fun event and oh look it has number one on it so i'm sure i'll enjoy this yeah, what the fuck is happening? Why? What's yeah, wrong with who, Batman? <laughs> yeah, who are any of these people? Who is this big devil guy? <laughs> yeah, and what, they want to recruit the devil guy? Yeah, but not this other devil guy, who is this other devil guy's father who died to become a devil. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also there's blue devil, but blue devil is good. <laughs> Why is there so many devils in this? But that's 2023 DC stands for devil comics. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if Mark Wade is going to tie back his, his, uh, world's finest back into it because like world's finest, like literally right now is just like a kingdom come prequel. Next issue yeah, of that I, comes out this, this, this coming week. Yeah. I can't, I cannot believe that I am behind on that. But when you told me that I'm like, ah, oh, right. I guess I better read you this. Gotta pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I better read this. Uh, all right, I guess from Lazarus Planet we can talk about Spider-Man. This will be brief. Dark Web is still going. Yeah, really? <laughs> this this one might be the worst one, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Like, it literally gets worse, but this one gets worse in almost a funny way. This issue feels like Zeb Wells throwing up his hands and being like, ah, right, no one is actually reading this anymore because we literally already said if you want an answer to the Mary Jane question, pick up the next arc after this. Okay. So this feels like Wells being like, all right, fuck it. We're going to do a weird, weirdo comedy for a whole issue. 
is what we're going to do in the middle of this climactic event because Peter went to limbo to save the life of Robbie and Jameson and Chasm is like, I'm going to put you in a living hell, by which I mean I'm going to make you relive every day working at the Bugle and there's going to be a bunch of demons there. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to make Jonah do it too for some reason. (laughs) Even though Jonah did nothing to me, I'm going to make him do it and tell demons that he Uh. wants pictures of (laughs) Spider-Man. That's funny. And I'm also going to put Jonah up in, like, a demon apartment, and he's going to, like, argue with his toothbrush and his bed and, like, his shaver and everything, because everything is demons. <laughs> yeah, again, like, the book just stopped caring. And here, here's the extra stupid thing. Ah, yes, Peter, I put you in a hell of your own making. We, we don't even see what Peter does in the hell. We spend more time with Jonah. <laughs> And Chasm's plan is so stupid. It's like, yeah, I'm going to put you in hell and break your spirit. And then you're going to eat the demon fruit and I'll steal your soul and your memories. And Peter's like, yeah, I know. I know that's your plan. I'm not going to eat the stupid fruit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to eat the fruit. And you didn't win our last fight, which means you can't make me eat the fruit either. So my plan is to just do nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, amazing. This is our hero's big plan. They're going to do nothing. I am so invested in this story. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and then then we have a whole fucking B-plot where we're introduced to a little demon that is Spider-Man's number one fan because mm-hmm. Spider-Man saved him from, like, getting beaten up by a bigger demon. Okay. And so this demon decides that he wants to be the Spider-Man of Limbo now, so he starts dressing up like Spider-Man. Right around the same time, Ben takes a bunch of uh, demons and turns them into the Insidious Six, which are just demon versions of, like, Doc Ock and the Rhino and everything. Okay. For some reason, because Ben's like, yeah, we got to make this like his real life, so we got to have villains in here, too. Mm -hmm. And even Madeline Pryor's like, what the fuck are you doing with my demons? (laughs) This is stupid. I'm going back to my much better (laughs) X-Men (laughs) tie-in. And then the whole thing ends with this little demon guy getting a piece of the symbiote which is also in Limbo, because I guess because Venom was in Limbo. I guess if you're reading that book, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And he turns into a big, hulking Ninja Turtle Spider-Man with a bizarro name. His name is Parker, spelt backwards, so he's Wreck-Rap. Wreck-Rap, fuck. Re- and he looks as dumb and sounds as dumb as you think. And as I sit there and I'm reading this, I'm like, this has to be a joke, right? You're definitely fucking with me. I am not supposed to take wreck raps seriously because his name sounds like crap. It literally feels bad on the tongue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Dark Web is just fucking with people now. <laughs> do, you have, do you wonder maybe it's is, is it because, like, there is, like, another Spider-Man book happening at the moment with Dan Slott? That is so much better. And I, and they're like, well, no one's fucking reading this book anymore. So I, what the fuck? I don't, I don't know, but I have heard it theorized that the big reason that they were willing to get Dan Slott back was because that they are losing faith in the Wells book currently. Yeah, I can see fucking why. <laughs> that they're, which again, I'm like, well, you're only losing faith because you're making them do this goddamn Spider-Man editorial. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, you're the ones who demand events and crossovers yeah, and everything, and yeah. I'm sure, and dumb mystery boxes to keep people reading. Oh, oh, uh, Mary Jane has powers now. I don't know if you caught that at any point. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, have they, they fucking talked about, like, the, uh, the, the, the fact that fucking, what's her name? Fuck, uh, Moira, like, made, like, a Mary Jane, like, clone robot 
Well, it was, and Person. then she was piloting it, but that one got destroyed at the okay. end of that X-Men Spider-Man. And this, this is a whole new thing that you only find out if you read the Mary Jane Black Cat tie-in, which oh, I did. Yeah, which everyone's going to definitely be doing. Which everyone, yeah, they just drop it in there because Black Cat shows up at her house to try and defend her, and she has slot machine powers now. What? <laughs> yes, she, so she she pulls energy, and the energy makes a slot machine, and her powers are different every time she pulls the slot machine, but she, you know, she gets skulls sometimes. If she gets three skulls, it'll probably kill her. The fuck are they doing in this book? <laughs> I know, right? And that they drop it in another book, and everyone's like, well, obviously this has to be connected with the missing six months, right? Why else would they just drop this absolutely insane piece of information? Fucking hell, what? <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, that better not be the twist. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I know, everything that's happening in Spider-Man now just makes me feel bad and upset. <laughs> Jesus. But you know, it doesn't make me feel upset. The Captain Kuhn, who has something for us here. A dark web alternate idea. Madeline Pryor teams up with the corrupt Dr. Kafka, gets the souls of the dead jack-o'-lantern to be her generals who invade New York and torment Norman and his family and friends. Yeah, that's a Gold Goblin story, and that is better. And that, the Gold Goblin is good. <laughs> yeah, that is better. I've got an idea for dark, dark web as well. You just don't do it. <laughs> you just you just don't do it. You just it. do you a leave. fucking normal Spider-Man story. You just don't do yeah. an event. You don't need a fucking event you leave that friggin you know ben story where it is and you know let another writer who actually gives a shit do a tw uh, take on it later yeah i agree yeah uh collie frederick helping us out too you guys been reading strange and eight billion genies no but i have heard the title though and it sounds very interesting i haven't heard the title but it does sound very interesting i mean anything that says eight billion genies is like that's a lot of genies <laughs> can't possibly be eight billion genies the fucking artist would be dead drawing yeah trying eight billion <laughs> i mean do the eight billion genies come out every single time or is it just a couple genies you know like a few genies will see you at a time <laughs> also what's also what's eight billion times three because assuming you get uh three wishes a piece Ooh, yeah <laughs> also are, are they all good genies like the disney genie or are they like genies in like the old grim fairy tale sense there where it's like you get a wish but it usually comes at like a terrible cost ter and yeah and the genie's usually trying to screw you over and escape and everything. Yeah, does each genie give you three wishes, or Ugh. are they are they collectively three wishes? Oh yeah, because you got to get all the power there. Or you know, are the genies trying to upsell each other? You know, I'll give you four <laughs> wishes. I'll give you five and a half. Half a wish. <laughs> Well, choose me and you'll find out what half a wish is. <laughs> it's it's where you get what you want, but not in the way you expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, ChemDog is saying apparently every human on the planet Earth has a genie. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Oh, that, that'd just be fucking chaos. <laughs> that, would be cha that would be really interesting chaos. That's like a nuclear deterrent where it's like, look, you can't all wish to be rich because if you all wish to be rich, then money will ultimately mean nothing. Yeah, so like, who? How does it choose who gets to be rich and who doesn't? Exactly, you can't all wish for youth or everything because then you know, then no one would age, and then assumedly no one would die. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't all wish to be the world's most powerful sorcerer because you know, by that logic, someone would have to be more powerful than the next guy than the next guy. <laughs> and you certainly can't wish for more wishes. <laughs> And what happens when you let them genies go free, assuming you do? Yeah, exactly. 
It's a lot to take in here. This is this is man. I never thought I would think so. You know, deeply <laughs> about eight billion genies as a concept. <laughs> I think I got to read this book now to get uh, my questions answered. Honestly, it's a pretty good sales pitch for this book. Actually. It is. It is. It really is. <laughs> eight billion genies. That's just too many genies. I think it's one wish per person. Says Cam Dog, and one that's wish still too many wishes. <laughs> can counteract the previous one. Okay, yeah, because that was going to be my next question. Can wish counteract each other because that's a total nuclear deterrent where it's like I wish Joel would die and I'm like I wish I wouldn't <laughs> there you go so we both wasted our wish honestly <laughs> yeah, but then what if someone else wishes that you for you to die again ah. can I can I wish for someone to use their wish be like I wish that Matt wishes <laughs> that I'd have a million dollars ah see <laughs> so not only did I take out you know my wish but I took out your wish too <laughs> uh, and Kali Frederick saying funny you say that Joel that bit actually does come up okay I'm sold on the book now <laughs> I kind of want to read it now yeah I gotta get all my genie questions answered now this is too juicy a topic <laughs> who, who, who wrote that one because top marks for them for you know writing like a, a great concept for a book this is my, my next book is gonna be is a hot dog a sandwich <laughs> Where it's just going to be people debating it endlessly because I know everyone has a different take on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, what else did you have this week, Matt? I had a, I had another Spider-Man book and a Daredevil book. Cool. Uh, I had the Flash issue 790, the beginning of the One Minute War. Yes, which is another great title in and of itself. Yeah, now th this isn't technically an event since it's only in the Flash book. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we begin it and it, it literally start like the first issue is literally probably over a minute, like, like of time, 60 seconds. And we, mm. we see all the flash family and they're having fun in the wake of dark crisis. They're all like back together and like having barbecues with animal man and his family and, and all that Max Mercury is going to head off into the speed force for some adventures and whatnot. Uh, and they're iris asks uh or doesn't outrightly ask uh barry but like makes it known that she wants to propose to him oh. um and then, then that's when like all fucking hell breaks loose uh the in in the dark crisis times they went to a world that had been ravaged by a force called the fraction uh, sounds bad which we we didn't actually know a lot about but uh jeremy adams made it clear that we'll probably be finding out a bit about that and we learn more about that we learn that the uh, the fraction are the bad guys of this arc um and we learned that they're an alien race that like go to earth and earths and planets and all that sort of stuff and just like ravage them use the like people as like resources and stuff all for like their colonies and then just like fuck off and destroy the planet Do we know uh, why they're called the fraction no not yet um, that, that's one of those names where it's like, all right, but why are you called this though? Because that's I, totally got. I mean I would have to mean. It, I would have to think it would probably be, be relating to time. Like, oh, they do it in a fraction of a second, or you know, mm, something like that. Right, they're faster than a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they their their ship, which is like it, it looks like looks like an Acme rocket, like a like a big like <laughs> arrow sort of thing. It uh hits Central City, uh completely wipes Central City off the map, um. And it deploys uh, this like tower thing with like a uh, a wall around it, which we saw in the in the Dark Crisis tie-in, um, and it destroys the city. The Flash family are all like like um, like taken in by the shockwave, and and Barry and Iris, who are in the city at the time, were sort of like at the epicenter, 
and we find out that Iris dies. Oh, and no. and is and is not the first time. <laughs> not no no not the first time ever. And um yeah, the issue ends with her death and um and Barry uh, seeing like this tower being made in his in what's left of Central City. Well, that's and, a pretty strong start. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. You know, just something fucking hits the city. Flash family don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people were really excited about this one, and they promoted the fuck out of it, mm, too. They did, yeah. I can't believe they actually did. I know, because they never promote Flash stories. No. Flash has been quietly great for a yeah, long time. It has been, yeah. So I'm, I'm all on board with that. Also, I looked at who wrote 8 Billion Genies. It's Charles Souls. Ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, coming from a former lawyer who became a comic writer, yeah, that sounds like a lawyer pitch. Where it's yeah. like, now, Your Honor, if we did have eight billion genies, say <laughs> say hypothetically <laughs> if we did, and each one of these genies gave one wish to one person, and you could veto another person's wish, then legally speaking. <laughs> yeah, that totally sounds like something they would, like, argue in law class there. It's like, ah, he's using the famous eight billion genie defense, it's like the <laughs> Chewbacca defense. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's it, it, it's a very well-known like case study in in law yeah. law the eight billion genies <laughs> jo johnny cochran loved uh, eight billion genies <laughs> does does that joke still track or do i have to say tom mesaros loved uh eight bill the eight billion genies defense <laughs> hey tell me in the comments section if you know who either of those lawyers are <laughs> but yeah flash sounds good it is it is really good Man, you know, we're making highlights. I feel like we need to take that 8 billion genie thing and make that like a TikTok Twitch exclusive. I think like, so, yeah. <laughs> here's this one bit. It has nothing to do with comics, but I think we're both <laughs> really funny in it. Uh, so I talked about a really shitty Spider-Man book. Let me talk about a really good Spider-Man book. Uh, Miles Morales, number two. Ooh, what's happening in Miles? Uh, a lot is happening, but also not a lot because it's just a quiet, small character piece for Miles. Okay. He got suspended from school because of his superheroing. He feels really sad about it, and because he feels really sad about it, he's pushing all his friends and family away. He's basically acting like how Peter is acting okay. in the Zeb Wells book. Here's the big difference, though. Uh, everyone calls him on his bullshit. Oh, fantastic. I know. Isn't that a novel concept? His girlfriend comes and is like, look, you know, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic here. I know you're going through an existential crisis right now and everything, but it doesn't give you the right to be a jerk. No, exactly right. And I'm like, wow, geez, you know, Tiana, can you please fly around just Starling and tell that to every other hero <laughs> in, in both universes, please? <laughs> and Miles says it so perfectly. He's like, man, I guess this is just growing up, huh? Your problems level up with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's true. That is part of growing up. Uh, he actually ends up coming across Misty Knight, who is working the very same case as him. Someone is, mm. you know, upgrading lame supervillains and giving them super high-tech gear and everything that they shouldn't have. Yep. And Misty basically becomes Miles' new mentor, and apparently she's going to be sticking around as his new super mentor. Cool. They have a great back and forth, the two of them, and Misty says to him point blank, you know, as superheroes, we feel like pushing people away is keeping them safe and everything, but it only makes things worse every time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you'll learn this when you get older and everything, and I'm like, fuck, that's really cool, and coming from her, that's especially cool. That is, yeah. She also basically says, look, you know, I know you learned a lot from Peter and everything, but, you know, I'm a different sort of hero than him, and also I'm a black superhero, so I'm going to teach you things that he can't. Like, uh, people like us can't just go running into problems. We need to have plans and backup plans when those plans fail. Yep. <coughs> Which is fucking awesome. That's cool. And it, 
it's it's literally it's literally everything the Peter book isn't right now after only two issues. Yeah, that that does sound like a lot better. It is, and there's a whole mystery plot about like this mad scientist woman who has it out for Miles and his family because he uh, she attacks uh, Starling and she has plans to attack uh, Gank and uh, his parents and everything else. Nice. That's that's the woman who I theorize. Oh, she was supposed to get into Miles's fancy prep school, huh? She lost the lottery and she's all pissed off because she was a genius and she would have made most of it. Mm-hmm. You know, would have made the most of that position, and that's why she's mad. I feel like I'm ahead of the story. <laughs> okay, okay. But that's what I think. Uh, Eduardo Perez Rubio. I uh, guess I know uh, Johnny, O.J. Simpson lawyer, plus the South Park joke. Thanks, Legal Eagle. Yeah, see, there you know. There you go. You got it. <laughs> I, I don't watch a lot of Legal Eagle, but I've had a lot of reason to watch him recently because he talked about a lot of, like, celebrity NFT scams and everything and also oh, what's nice. going and also what's going on with Wizards of the Coast right now in D&D Ugh. and why, you know, a bunch of tabletop players are ready to set the world on fire. Yes, yes. <laughs> with with good reason. Yeah, very good reason. It's been a weird week for my uh, for my interests, I must say. <laughs> yeah, and also how like, wow, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, you guys screwed the pooch on this one. And also it was totally avoidable if you actually like paid attention to the history of D&D. Like yep. literally this same thing happened with fourth edition and it's nice to know you learn nothing. Learn nothing, yeah. Amazing. But yeah, uh, Miles Morales' book is great. Continues to be great. Uh, check it out if you're not. I promise you will love it, especially if you are like me and are very annoyed by what's going on in the Peter book. Now it is it is the cure for what ails you. Nice. It's good, good shit. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had one more. Uh, well, you go, you go first, because I don't think I had anything else. Okay, I'll be quick then. I had Daredevil number seven. Nice. What's happening with Daredevil? Uh, another book that just continues to go from strength to strength. In the last issue, Elektra may very well have been tricked into killing a sitting president, and that's bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're very bad. <laughs> that's bad. Uh, the Punisher is the new leader of the hand there, but he's only being shadow-controlled by Akka. And Daredevil's like, well, that's bad. We're probably gonna have to fight him soon. And, you know, I don't know if you know Frank Castle, but he, like, never gives up. Mm-hmm. He never gives up and he, like, refuses to die. Yep. He was a Frankenstein one time. Yes, yes, he was. He was an angel of death and everything. Yep. Yeah, so I feel like even if we brought all of our guys to kick his ass, he'd still find a way to come back. <laughs> So that's bad. We'll have to figure that out. But Matt's like very chill about the whole thing. But he's like, yeah, you know, we'll, 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 we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, yeah. Well. You know, right now he's more worried about his guardian angel in this prophecy book because he's like, I feel like everyone's trying to control my life. <laughs> and I don't like it. I feel with prophecy books and guardian angels, I feel like, you know, I don't really control anything anymore. So I'm going to take my team into the field and we're going to do some good work and we're going to do it my way, the way that I want it to. So he goes to South Carolina where a corrupt real estate mogul is forcing a bunch of people out of their homes so he can, you know, bulldoze their tenement and, you know, flip the land for profit. Okay. And there's a bunch of dirty cops who are looking for any legal reason to throw people out. It's 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 Jared Kushner. He's doing a Jared Kushner thing. <laughs> He's totally doing a Jared Kushner thing. The only difference is Daredevil and the Fist are here to fight <laughs> the dirty cops on people's behalf. And Daredevil is like cutting promos on all the dirty cops. Whereas like, you know, a policeman who, you know, serves property over people has no right to protect and serve punch. <laughs> And Bullet is really awesome in the series, too, because Bullet is like the anti-Jiminy Cricket on Matt's shoulders, where he's like, seriously, Matt, you broke us criminals out of prison just so we could fight the cops again. Do you not see anything wrong with this? (laughs) 
And Matt's like, no, we're only breaking the laws of man, but it's okay, Bullock, because we serve a higher power now. <laughs> and Bullock's like, all right, I'll do it. He sees one of the cops beating up a little kid who reminds him too much of his son, so Bullock tries to kill the cop, and Matt has to stop him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Bullock's like, why are we not killing these guys? It's like, because we'll maim and we'll use violence only when we have to. <laughs> Also, Stiltman saves a little kid, making two people that Stiltman has saved back to back. Oh, he's becoming a hero. <laughs> he's really liking it, too. Apparently, Stilts are really good at saving people. <laughs> Apparently, he's been doing it wrong all these years. <laughs> uh, he even lets uh, Bullet go, too, after they, like, scare the shit out of the real estate developer. And again, Bullet says it so succinctly. He's like, okay, so you'll go here and you'll threaten to kill this real estate guy, but you won't. You broke us guys out of prison and took us to your island so we could find salvation and so you could reform us and everything. Why don't you take all the crooked CEOs and, you know, like landowners and everything and force them to do push-ups on your island? <laughs> and Matt's like, uh, I didn't think about it that way. Maybe I didn't think this one 100% through. <laughs> he also lets Bullet go because Bullet's like, look, man, I think I have enough salvation now. I, I want to go and hang out with my kid. And Matt's like, okay, you can go, but, you know, take this little diamond communicator because we're always here when you need us. It's also a listening device. Because, <laughs> you know, anything bad you do is kind of on me. And it's good he does, too, because the second bullet leaves Daredevil in the fist, uh, the Punisher in the hand kidnap him and his son. Oh, no. Yeah, to drag him out there and stick an Elector. Like, we're not really going to go risk our lives and reveal ourselves too early for Bullet, right? And Matt's like, yeah, no, normally I'd say not, but, like, the kid is innocent and he's in this now, so, yeah, we kind of got to go and deal with it. Oh, no. <laughs> and the Punisher's like, well, what are you going to do when Daredevil gets here, you know? Oh, hi, Slayer. And then we look behind Frank and he has a fucking dragon. Oh, nice. Yeah, I brought a whole dragon to this. With a place. dragon. Yeah, that'll solve yeah. all the problems. Yeah, just add dragon, any problem. <laughs> but yeah, Daredevil continues to be great and awesome and, you know, deep and interesting and dealing with a lot of complex moral themes and ideas and everything. Yeah, yeah, this sounds great. And it's really interesting, too, that Zdarsky's like, look, I'm not saying Matt Murdock is right. In fact, I'm going to straight up have characters like Bullet and Cole North to be like, yeah, whenever a dude sits here and says, I'm on a mission from God, I'm on a holy crusade. Yeah, it's probably not very good. <laughs> Yeah, that guy's usually a maniac. And to have Daredevil also be like, okay, yeah, I know what I'm saying is crazy, but have you seen the Punisher over there as the head of the ninja death cult that worships a literal devil? <laughs> I mean, if the choice is between me or them, you should probably pick me, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit, I guess you got a point. <laughs> but it's also, too, it's like, be you a hand, be you a fist. We're not that different, really. A fist is just a hand in a different shape is all it is. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm waiting for someone to say that where it's like, look, a hand, you know, can slap, but it can also outreach. A fist is only for punching. <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to say that or to bring up that point. You know, there's not that much difference between a fist and a hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it continues to be solid, continues to be great. Every issue is wonderful. I cannot believe Zdarsky is writing this and Batman at the same time. I know, right? Yeah. And they both like wildly different and amazing. Yeah, wildly different, stellar runs going on at the same time. It feels impossible, it feels unprecedented, because it basically is, and the fact that he is that good and that hyped up and that beloved, mm -hmm. that he gets to write both at once. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, so good. 
how much money you bet at some point he wants to pitch okay but if we did a daredevil batman crossover yeah yeah could, could we do that <laughs> yeah could we do, i work at both companies anyway which means if you would do it for anyone you would do it for me and it would make like all the money yeah yeah oh that'd be good it would make all the money and if you sold it as like yeah it's the first marvel dc crossover and got a couple decades now mm-hmm mm. I'm sure it would be like the hottest collectors. I people people would buy like three: one to read, one to keep in box, and one to sell later. Yeah. So you know that would be a hell of a thing. Yeah. Uh, um, I've got one more one more book. One more book. All right. I, 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 I had the penultimate issue of Batman Fortress. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's still going on. Yes, uh, this is the penultimate issue, uh, and it was pretty fucking awesome because it's Batman and his team uh, running through a Temple of Doom, Fortress of Solitude, that's full of like tricks and traps and stuff that's probably going to get him killed. Naturally. Yeah, uh, I I don't think I talked about the issue when he like set up the team, but his team is so cool. It's oh, it's yeah? President Lex Luthor who wears like a power armor that has like the presidential <laughs> seal on it, and it's like. Uh, blue and gold and white and everything oh fun uh it's jackson hyde uh love it's it Emiko. oh uh, they don't get a lot of love yeah and uh chip the green lantern <laughs> oh that's a fun team yeah uh they're all the people who like who like and like chip's like like a good friend of batman in this as well <laughs> like they know each other and are like really good friends and everything oh my and, dear um, friend chip <laughs> yeah so this issue they they had to because the alien the alien who attacked earth uh we found out uh they're for superman uh because uh of some uh perceived slight kryptonians did to their race years ago they they want to wipe out the kryptonians uh How so, very dragon ball so uh and batman has spent this entire series like searching for superman um and because superman just disappeared they don't know where he went so they went to the fortress of solitude to find out where he's gone and this issue is them sort of like there's like all these traps that are set up like like rooms filled with water and like there's there's like a, a hallway with all these different doors and like they have to pick the right door otherwise they'll get like ejected into space and all this sort of stuff and mm. uh or, and they eventually get through all of it and they meet with crypto who's who's like a, who's being the guard dog for the for the for the place and he, he's he knows who batman is so he's like friends with him and everything mm -hmm. uh, and he shows them which is the right door to go through and they finally get into the actual fortress of solitude and they find um uh the the like crystal thing with jor-el and everything and they they learn like a big secret and it's something lex luther absolutely loves because as we learn out we learn that uh on krypton uh jor-el's like brothers and family uh were war criminals oh. and, and they killed uh they they like genocided uh, this race that's come to earth looking for superman they've like killed them all because uh we as we learn kryptonians in this universe were deeply mistrusting of like their planetary neighbors and and they mm. thought they were very superior to everyone else um so so that like damn stand your ground laws uh, in and, space and we learned that jorah didn't fully believe that which is why he uh, why he sent his son when when the mm. aliens deployed a weapon into into krypton's son to destroy krypton uh he sent his son away in hopes that he'll be able to redeem the race and be Aww. be like a proper like uh good good person to people uh and, but lex is like oh well superman's family war war criminals this is fucking amazing this is awesome <laughs> i i fucking knew it knew it i knew it and 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 because he's the president he's like oh no no, no yeah no, that's it like superman's a you know public and, and national enemy now <laughs> yeah fuck him um 
and yeah, we we learn all that that stuff, and then we actually find Superman, and he's like in the, in like a coffin, and like a in like a uh, crystal coffin oh. thing. So like, I don't know whether he's because de- that's where the book leaves off. I don't know where whether he's dead or like recharging or something but yeah there's a hyperbolic time chamber yeah yeah he's like getting he's, he's wearing the weighted cape and he's, and he's <laughs> yeah yeah tr- training up to fight these aliens and gonna it was, go it's, super clark yeah yeah it was really fun because like i think over the last two issues we haven't actually seen those aliens they just kind of like appeared told us what's happened and then just kind of disappeared but i'm looking forward to this final issue because i saw the cover for the final issue and it looks like superman's like evil again oh interesting. again a trope it's superman Very. superman's evil yeah but yeah no it, th- this series has been really fun i i like that i again like the team batman puts together is really fun uh you know chip and amico jackson president lex luther and all that and i like that it was all just set in the fortress of solitude just yeah. a death trap fortress of solitude it was so cool we, uh, we say it a lot, we probably don't need another Batman book, and then we get another Batman book that's a lot of fun. That's the thing, I love that it was presented as a Batman book, but it's like, ah, and it's not really a Batman book, it's like a Justice League, sort of like all these different heroes and villains together book. Because that's how you gotta sell it. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's how you have to sell these things nowadays. You need a, you need your hook, and that hook is Batman. Yeah. Uh, I guess thank you everyone for watching and listening. I guess we'll start winding down the show now. But before we go, uh, Kali Frederick actually had a really good question. Are you guys going to do anything special for your 300th episode? It's kind of hard to top our 200th episode when we had all of our friends and everyone give us little shout-outs. Maybe we'll just have to go back and redub their mouths and go, you know, 300 <laughs> episodes. Yeah, 2023. <laughs> yeah, 2023. Yeah, because I'm not going to go back and make them do that again, nah. you know, just 100 episodes later. I think we should do like a ridiculous challenge or something for 300 to really get people to watch. I, uh, I'm not an energy drink drinker, but I'm thinking maybe if I get like every energy drink I can find oh, and Jesus. drink them and contrast and compare, be like, no, you should really watch the 300th episode live. Joel's heart might explode live. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, monster first time, Red Bull. I guess second time. I had one Red Bull and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll just do that. I'll just, you know, sip all of the energy drinks and see how that goes. <laughs> and we'll just talk about whatever. Yeah, I guess we, yeah, well, it's coming up. It's coming up. It is. It'll be here soon enough. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. So uh, everyone get ready for that, uh, for whatever stupid challenge I decide to do in that time. <laughs> Because really, you know, I think that's what the 300th episode is. It's the dumb physical challenge uh, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had the, the we had the clip show. Yeah, exactly. now we can't do another clip show. We've done a couple of those, <laughs> or the clip show where we make up clips that never happens. <laughs> That's a fun trope too. <laughs> I like it when they do that. Yeah, remember that time Joel killed a guy on stream? And <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. He had it coming. He shot that home invader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Man, you know, with all the streams and everyone filming themselves all the time, I'm sure that has happened at some point. Well, I mean, people get what uh swatted like, all yeah, the time. Yeah, swatted and yeah. I'm fairly certain I've seen I've seen a clip of someone like house getting broken into and they've gone full fucking fifth amendment on them. Yeah, really. Stand your ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh but thank you everyone for watching and listening we hope you enjoyed it as always if you were a patron you will be getting the video version of this as soon as possible at the five dollar uh price point there everyone else you can join for as little as a dollar you get the audio version that comes out a little later because it takes Mm -hmm. matt a time to actually render that out it's actually much better the way we're doing it now because matt literally just gives me the link to this and i can put it up basically right when we're done yeah 
So that's pretty good. Uh, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for the channel because we'll be having little highlights going up throughout the week. And uh, on TikTok and Instagram, or whatever, you'll get like an extra special third one, too. Nice. And uh, the audio version drops live Wednesday at 8, too. Everywhere where good podcasts are listened to so you can hear the whole thing there. But thank you for joining us live because this is your other way that you can see the show uncut and uninterrupted and in video form. Yeah, uncut, uncensored. And yeah, whatever uncensored. else. <laughs> Uncut, uncensored, unpasteurized. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the ticket. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm rambling now. Thank you everyone for watching and listening, Matt, and I'll be back again next week. <laughs> Bye -bye. See, see ya.